It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Rams Nation. What's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. It's the Friday edition of Locked On Rams, and we decided since the season is over, we got to still talk to Serena Morales. We got to get a season recap, so we've got her back on the show today. We're really excited about the conversation we are going to have. We're going to talk about a lot of the moves that happened, and we're going to get a little bit more of the personal side and some stories from Serena on what her experience with some of the coaches that we had and then start to kind of turn the page and figure out, you know, maybe why these moves are happening and what is next for the Rams. There are plenty of things to talk about as we kind of lean into this 2020 season. So we're going to go over all that guys. Don't forget to go give us a follow on iTunes, Spotify, Google podcast, Himalaya, just hit the download, hit the subscribe, leave a five-star review. If you're feeling up to it, uh, we always appreciate hearing your guys' feedback on the show. Also, give us a follow at Lockdown Rams, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook group. I really appreciate all the questions I got this week, and we're going to uh, ask Serena a few of those questions that I have left from you guys. So keep them coming. We will involve them into the show as we uh, kind of move forward here. Also, you can give Serena a follow. Just know it's the off season, but she's still putting up uh, awesome stuff, whether it's about uh, killing spiders or Syracuse basketball. There's always <laughs> something great coming from Serena. So go check her out at Serena on Twitter, at Morales Morales on Instagram. Uh, but with that, let's just get right into it. Just two weeks into the offseason, the Rams and Sean McVay have already moved on from three of their coaches from the 2019 staff. I'm Bear Motter of Lockdown Rams. I'm joined by LA Rams team reporter Serena Morales, and this is your lead story. Serena, two coordinators, a position coach, all have been let go in that first couple weeks. Uh, first, I'd love to hear your thoughts on John Fossil and Wade Phillips. I know you told us some stories in the past and you know had a relationship with them. And then second, 
as you're looking, you know, internally, uh, are there some good options to replace uh, both those positions? Or do you think the Rams will go outside the building and replacing them? I mean, it's insane. I know a lot of fans have been like, what, what, why would you walk against the ball? You know, you're just kind of confused. <laughs> um, obviously, with John Fossil, a.k.a. Bones, um, he's been with the team for so long. He's especially, uh, you've seen a lot of success from the special teams. The special teams group loves him. Um, he's just a loved guy in the building. Uh, he has more daughters than you can count. Like he, right. every time he's having a baby, there's another daughter, which is great. Team women over here. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to even think that Bones will no longer be with the Rams next season. He's heading to the Cowboys. And then Wade Phillips also will be leaving. And he's been with almost every single football team imaginable. So just, um, but the two of them, you know, obviously are irreplaceable in some regard. And whether, you know, there's there hasn't been a word of whether they're going to replace them within. Um, I could certainly see the the defensive coordinator position being replaced externally. But, you know, what can you say more about Wade Phillips? Uh, a few funny just things that I've experienced throughout the two seasons I've covered the team. It's Wade Phillips walking through the media room to cut through to get to the practice to the practice field, and you know just how are you? Um, I think something that someone told me about Wade uh, when I first started was Wade Phillips always likes to be called Wade and not Coach because it shows that you know his name because a lot you know he's gone through so many different teams and so many different people that if you're like hey Wade how are you or hey uh, Coach Phillips, like, you know him. And I think that's something that he really likes. I, again, I, someone said this to me in passing, but it's like, call, don't call him coach, call him Wade. It'll, he'll like that. And, you know, I've, I've really come to appreciate it. And he walks by and he's like, how are you? Every press conference he starts with, he makes a joke. Or he's like, makes a, a funny remark with the PR intern that's setting up the microphone for him <laughs> and making sure that shot is set up. And so it's just all those little things that you just kind of get used to. And, and Wade Phillips walking around the field and, you know, acknowledging people. Um, I think I've told this story before, but with Wade Phillips, the day um, there was a, a play, Marcus Peters, someone had scored a touchdown on Marcus Peters before he left the Rams. Um, and he was upset, and he walked over to the sidelines. It's a game it was, but uh, walked over to the sidelines, and then two seconds later, I see Marcus kind of talking to Akeeb, and Wade Phillips comes over, and he gives Marcus Peters a hug, and the second that he takes the field again, Marcus Peters scores a pick six. Wow. So it's just like, you know, Wade just has this special – like aura about him, you know, like, and I think, you know, it's well-deserved. He's been in the NFL for so long. I've loved actually getting to know Wes Phillips and having them both around just the Phillips in general, you know, it was just more, more the merrier kind of thing. And even the holiday party, Wade Phillips danced um, <laughs> against Aubrey Pleasant, um, which is hilarious. And so you had, Coach Aubrey Pleasant and Coach Phillips doing a dance off at the holiday party, and they just owned the floor. And you know, he he told me he's like, yeah, I just you know I like dancing because my wife likes to dance, so we dance. But just that that is Wade Phillips. Like forget yeah. 
the coaching, which is like even more so impressive with the changes of all of the different players that came in and out of the Rams defense this season and him being able to work through all of it and seeing the success. I think the Rams defense has always shown how great they are. Um, and so forget all that. Like that's just off the field. Wade Phillips is a dancer. He is an entertainer. He is a Twitter master. Um, he is a kind hearted soul. Uh, he is an influencer. He's an icon and he's going to be missed. I don't know how you replace a man like that, but I have full faith in Sean McVay that he's going to find someone that's going to be great. Um, but has so much respect from the players and not just like on defense, just everyone. Wade is an OG, you know, he's, yeah. he's been the best to be around and, and he really made like, there's a point when you are a reporter and you cover certain people in your life. Like for me, you know, growing up a Yankee fan and I got to cover Derek Jeter's retirement. It's like one of those moments where it's like, Oh, okay. I'm going to check this off the list of like, that's a cool moment in your yeah. life. I covered the Super Bowl. I covered the NBA finals. I anchored sports center. Like these were very cool moments in my life. And one of the cool moments that I'm adding to the list is working with Wade Phillips and experiencing again, a sports icon and seeing him every day. And it was just part of my repertoire to be like, Hey, Wade, how are you? And it's like, good Serena. How are you doing? So that is Wade Phillips in a nutshell. I, love I don't it. even know if I've said no. anything rant like no, that yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Cause he uh, was such a cool thing experience. Yeah. I mean, I opened up the question to just to hear what you had to say and you got me all emotional <laughs> over here, Serena on a Friday. I got, yeah. you know, cause you, you're talking about <laughs> the depth of Wade Phillips. We know who he is as a coach and you, and that was one of my favorite things about us talking when we talked on Thursdays for the Friday episode is that was usually a Wade Phillips press conference day. So we always had a fun little tidbit yes. that you got to tell me about Wade. And, you know, it was always a, a fun icebreaker that he did with, you know, the press there in the room. And and, and as you mentioned, he was more uh, than just a coach. He was a person that wanted to bring, you know, bring that, um, you know, just kind of bring him down to earth with everyone else. Call me Wade, those type of things. And <laughs> you started with with Bones. And, you know, one of the videos I put up on Lockdown Rams uh, Instagram was when they – uh, did the gender announcement and they the had the reveal. yeah they did yeah. the reveal and it was like that's how this team looks at these coaches I think that's why it makes it so hard to kind of move forward because it really truly as much as you always hear them say family on three to kind of you know end a break it, it's it's really true it's not just you know some you know football cliche <laughs> it's really true in that building and, it, and it's you know it's a big stepping stone for this team after three years with McVeigh and John Fossil as you mentioned going back to the St. Louis days to kind of break off from there and look to go a new direction. But, uh, you know, that's kind of how football is and it's a business. And I've got a couple follow-up questions because a lot of questions about that defense and you even mentioned uh, Wade Phillips' son and he did a great job, uh, Wes, with the tight ends and, and, you know, really curious about that. So we're going to pick up some of this on the other side. We're going to talk a little bit more about this defensive coordinator position, what happened with the defense and, and some of the other things that maybe the fallout of some of these early moves. So more coming up with Serena right after this. Season's over for the Rams, but it doesn't have to be over for you in the bedroom. Let's go, boys. We're talking sex here. Because remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Not just talking to you guys that can't perform. I'm talking to everybody. This is open to everybody. Blue Chew's awesome in so many ways. One, it's prescribed online and shipped straight to your door. Discreet package. No one knows. 
Made in the USA, prepared and ships direct, so it's cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. All you have to do is go to bluechew.com and you get your first shipment for free. Use special promo code LOCKDOWN just to pay $5 shipping. Again, that's bluechew, B-L-U-E, chew.com. Promo code LOCKDOWN. Bluechew is better, cheaper, and the faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Now that you guys are fully loaded in the bedroom, it's time to get fully loaded in the garage. And that means you got to head down to Metro Infinity just off the 210 in Monrovia, 821 East Central Monrovia. You got to check out their facility. It's dope. Multi-million dollar facility. Their only dealer in California that's family owned and has been open for 25 years. Make sure to mention Lockdown when you go there, by the way, because they're going to give you an extra $500 off. But they have all the brand new Infinities that are super sweet. They also have 50 certified pre-owned Infinities. Go check them out. Like we talked about during the season in some of those tough losses, go blow some steam, hit the pedal the metal, and help me out, man. We had Lockdown Chargers boys go down there and buy a car. So Lockdown Rams, if you're listening and you need a car, at least go give a test drive. Check them out. Say what's up to my man, Billy Adams. Mention Lockdown. You get that $500 off as well. You can reach them at 626-599-7501 or MetroInfinity.com. Just off the 210 in Monrovia, a proud sponsor of Lockdown Rams. And I say, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. You're right, you're right. All right, we got Serena Morales, LA Rams team reporter here on the Friday edition of Lockdown Rams, your team every day, only on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And uh, we kind of left that last segment talking about uh, Wade Phillips. I had to go grab my tissue and wipe my eyes here so I could finish the podcast because <laughs> hearing about those two guys, it really starts to get you thinking about, you know, football bigger than a game. And you saw that with those two coaches. So, um, you know, one of the things I want to ask you, and, and I think it's kind of been asked a lot on social media as of late. And, you know, you're looking at Wade Phillips in this defense. and You talk about all the character stuff that he's got behind the scenes and how he works with his players. And his defense really statistically kind of found their way into kind of a, a top 10 at the league uh, at times. And and really, if you're looking from last year, probably even got better than it was last year. But yet he was still asked to, you know, I guess they, he wasn't fired. He basically wasn't brought back. Right. Um, but you heard this term right. fall guy a lot. And I don't know if that's a fair assessment or, you know, what do you think this really, if you had to circle something and say, well, this is maybe why, I mean, what are your thoughts on why they decided to go a different direction this time? Is it a youth movement? Is it McVeigh wanting more, you know, input in the defense? Or is it just like, hey, we did this for three years. Let's try something else. Yeah, I mean, they say, like, the most consistent thing is change, right? Like, things are constantly changing in the NFL. I, I certainly, you know, with – I think everyone trusts what Sean McVeigh wants to do with this team, so – whatever those those things were like he's never gonna let you know like oh this wasn't working or this was working he's just gonna go let's try something different um you know I think there's a lot of changes like there's gonna be a different looking team you know with con a lot of contracts up uh I just think that hey you know what Wade is gonna get a job somewhere in the NFL I don't think that Sean anyone's really all that worried um you know, you could say the same for Skip Pete, the running backs coach. I think there's just so many different changes. You know, you you just it just comes with with 
being part of the NFL. Like yeah. every single year, it is a different team. And, you know, you do a three-year contract and then you're like, okay, how did this go? I mean, the same thing for me at ESPN, you know, like they didn't pick up my contract. And at the end of the day, we're like, hey, we loved you. We're just kind of going in a different direction. Right. Like, All right. Sounds good. But so I think these things are never more of the personal side. Obviously, it's just crazy because all these jobs in sports are just not normal. Like, no one changes their job that often. Right. So there's that, obviously, you're covering it, and, and it becomes news because you're like, what happened? But more often than not, you're always going to have a different teammate. You're always going to have someone new coming in to be part of the co- – like, you never see teams keeping their staff for more than five years, like, consistently. It's just – how yeah. things work. So, good, good analogy um, across. I think it's more about that. Yeah, good analogy across the whole landscape of sports. I mean, I think that's I think that's one thing that we kind of forget in the world of sports is it's not like every other job in the world. I mean, there's <laughs> there's constant change, as you said, and, and moving on. And sometimes it's just kind of one of those things. Like, and it worked out perfectly in this way for the Rams. They didn't have to fire him. I know McVay probably wants to really keep that relationship still, so it was able to just kind of say, "Hey, look, we did our three years. We hit our pinnacle." And then we kind of came backwards, so I think it's time to regroup and, and look a different direction. Uh, we've been taking some questions on social media, and this one uh, comes in from Dustin Cooper, and he said, of all the current players that aren't signed to a long-term contract, who do you think is the top must-keep? <laughs> I know, right? That's a loaded so one. So many. Um, if you're looking at – if you're looking on the lens of offense, like Cooper, I just think Cooper Cup is due. Like I think Coop, he's like the comeback player of the year. I think Coop has done extraordinarily well. I think he and Jared have something extremely special. Um, I would, I would hold on tight to that man and just not let go. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I just think you don't come back from uh, injury like that and and almost seamlessly improve your numbers yeah, right crazy. like it was almost like wait you were hurt last year what are you right? talking about like that doesn't doesn't happen but it goes to show his hard work I mean I've gone through different rehabs for like an injury or whatever like I've, I've popped my hamstring before I've done a ton of stuff and it takes a ton of diligence it takes a ton of just like consistent I gotta work on this I gotta eat right I gotta do these things like it's not when people think of like oh I, I'm I'm going to rehab my body. Like you're not sitting on the couch. Watching Netflix. <laughs> you're, you're drinking a ton of water. You're eating your vitamins. You're getting more than eight hours of sleep. You're, you're doing so much. You know what I mean? It's not the, the like, Oh, I get to hang out. Like, no, it's probably even harder because you're not putting your body through physical changes to like burn things off that you're, yeah, He's sitting more, and it's, I'm I'm sure that's super difficult. So, I saw something from yeah. Cooper too when he was talking about the recovery process that he had to kind of learn how to run again. Like he had to literally yeah. go step by step and figure out what's the best way for him to get back up to that speed he had. And obviously, we saw that. So you're right. I mean, uh, Cooper Cup very valuable, not on a long term deal. Uh, we've got a couple other wide receivers, Brandon Cooks. Obviously, we did a long term deal with, but. Uh, you don't want anyone coming in and having an opportunity to snake a guy like that, but there is some uh, some money that we have to look at and figure out how to get creative with some of this stuff. The other guy that I might say for the offensive side, 
uh, would, and this is kind of the almost exact opposite of Cooper Cup as far as youth and everything like that. But uh, Andrew Whitworth, I don't know, you might want to circle him and maybe not trying to get him to a long-term deal, but trying to convince him to stick around and see if we can make a deal on there because our offense line, as you're looking at them, there's not a lot of veteran leadership there. Uh, and that would be an awesome guy to be able to retain. I know he got a lot of grief earlier on the season as he didn't kind of produce up to what we expected, but the back half of the season, he really stepped it up. I'd be interested to see if that's one of the guys uh, that you might circle as well. And then I'll, I'll kick it off on the defense side, and then I'll let you throw in any thought that you have. Yeah. Uh, but I think it really starts with Corey Littleton. I think he's just just how yep. how he's been with the Rams for four years. He's still extremely young. I don't even think he's gotten to the core of how good he can be. Um, and, and really if we're looking at some of the other pieces that might move around I mean, you heard Eric Weddle after the season say, I might be done here depending on, you know, the writing on the wall type of stuff. And he's the one that was, you know, the quarterback of the defense last year. And if you look a year before that, it was Corey Littleton with the green sticker on his helmet communicating. Mm And, uh, you know, that's a very important, if we let him go too, then you're looking around going, who the heck's going to call these plays in? You don't have the coordinator. You don't have anyone that's been used to it. Uh, and now you're asking someone else to step into that role. So I would probably say Corey Littleton too, is probably one of my, you know, top of the list as far as long as, you know, trying to keep here, uh, on a longer deal. Yep. I'm with you on Corey Littleton. 100%. I think, um, it's kind of crazy that he's not a bigger name in the NFL. Uh, I think one, he's just a quieter guy Two, I think, you know, he, he's worked with special teams so much as his name kind of gets hidden, but man, what a guy. And the fact that, you know, when I talked to him earlier this season and was just like, Oh, like you're not the defensive signal caller again. How does that affect your job? And, you know, does it affect, does it affect you at all? And he goes, man, I am so happy Eric Weddle took that. <laughs> he's a he's a veteran. Good for him. It kind of opens my you know mind up a little more. I'm not responsible for like making these decisions. And I mean, I, everyone said he did a great job as a defensive signal caller in his first season doing it. And and he was just like, it's all good. Like I'm totally happy. And then just to see his he was like leading the team with tackles. I mean, he was just so good and explosive and smart um and what's what's the most fascinating about Corey Littleton is he is a man that will shut off all football when you are not when he is off the field he shuts it off it is like he is watching Netflix he is turning like before games he is not looking at anything football related he won't even listen to a song he watches um any of those like random NCI, whatever detective, oh, nice. you know, shows like NCI, whatever, NCIS or whatever those shows are. He watches any and every Netflix show, all of it. He is a TV master and he will not in the world, like he will not think about football. So the fact like he just gives 100% to whatever he's doing. And I just think that any team, especially the Rams, would be so lucky to have them. Obviously these are all names that we throw out. And it's like, Oh, that's not cheap, right? Like you right. don't get Corey Littleton for cheap, <laughs> but people are going to pay. So, um, but just as a, a person in the locker room and the way he carries himself and he's so positive, um, you know, he is going to be someone super missed by the coaching staff and the players. 
uh, if we, we don't keep him. So yeah. I do think that, yeah, absolutely, you want to keep a guy like Corey. Yeah, and I, I love when he gets an opportunity to be interviewed because he's it's not like the most exciting sound clip, but it's like there you can feel the realness in it. You know, like you said, he's like when mm-hmm. he was approached, I think it was the week before – uh, the, la- the last game of the season before that Arizona game. And they were talking about, like, this might be your last time suiting up. And he gave very honest answers. And then they were like, you know, are you excited about your chance to get paid? And his eyes perked. And you saw, like, the real reality. He's like, yeah, man. Like, I busted my butt to get yeah. to this point. <laughs> um, but you bring up a couple really good points, too. You know, that his stats, if you're looking at what he did this year, he definitely took a step forward from the previous year. He wasn't bad the previous year, but he just got that much better. And you wonder if he does have to go, if we do bring him back and he does go back into that play calling role, will he kind of maybe, is it just a little bit too much for him? Is he better just to be a read and react player and worry about his own self? So lots of questions, even if we bring him back and, you know, Eric Weddle moves on, you know, is he the best person to take that on? Or maybe John Johnson coming back from injury. Do you want to keep that safety position as the the signal caller back there? So lots of things to kind of break down once we figure out who's going to be there and then who's sending in the play. So, so much more still to talk about and we're gonna step aside we're gonna come back on the other side we're gonna kind of do like a season end awards uh with serena here and we're gonna i'm gonna kind of pitch out a couple topics and hear her thoughts on uh some of the people that she thinks best fits the role uh for that award so we're gonna be right back more with serena morales la rams team reporter right after you and i say hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah you're right you're right This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Friday edition of Lockdown Rams, your last, I usually, this is where I say your last episode before a game, but no game this week. We still have some playoff football. (laughs) It was a really good wild card weekend. So if you're a football fan, just know you're still getting some entertainment from the rest of the league. And you might look at some of the teams that potentially the Rams uh, will be going against next year. Obviously, uh, the Seahawks still in it, the Niners still in it. So there's some representation, but it does kind of kill you when you realize you almost almost swept the Seahawks you really had an opportunity to do that and that last game versus the Niners you felt like that was a very much winnable game so you know you compete you can compete against these guys that are there uh it just wasn't our year to get there but I want to kind of talk about uh some of these things and some of these are kind of cliche awards and some are just kind of I just made up stuff and and we'll see where it goes but uh we'll start with uh most improved players so most improved player this year who who do you think most improved player. So, like, I don't want to be recency biased, so I'm going to throw out a couple names here. Obviously, Tyler Higby just stepped up so much for when Gerald Everett got hurt. And you knew, like, he I believe he signed a three- or four-year deal before the season started, so you knew that the coaching staff really believed in Higby's growth. He's very close to uh, uh, Jared Goff. So I, you only knew that the, it was going to be – um, he hadn't hit his, his ceiling at all yet, but man, he broke that ceiling. I mean, just 
I, I know people are like, oh, he's George Kittle light. Well, bro, like, give yeah. him time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, we, we, you know, Gerald Everett was kind of looked at as, like, the number one uh, tight end. But it, the way Tyler Higby was at the end of the season, it was like, okay, if you're going to step up like this, like, move over, George Kittle. People are going to start saying Tyler Higby's name instead. Like, I, I really do believe that. And especially with the fact that, you know, he's hung in there. You know, last season with, with Sean McVay running 11 personnel 90% of the time, and, and our tight ends were still significant on the offense. I mean, that is that is hard to do. And and Tyler Higby stuck it out. He made some great plays. Uh, he almost broke an NFL record for yeah. uh, most con- five, five games of over 100 receiving yards. I mean, what kind of that's crazy? So Tyler Higby, I, I mean, I don't mean to do the recency bias thing, but I would definitely say the key is the most, most improved. Most yeah, I don't think you could even. You don't even have to. Just, I'm so happy for him. Yeah, I don't even think you have to give the recency biased excuse there because no matter what, even if you take his numbers and stretch it over the year, he still is you know the most improved. He just kind of started a little bit later in yeah. the season, and as you mentioned, some of the things he was doing earlier in the season just don't really pop up on the stat sheet, right? And McVay talked about that in some of his press conferences as, as, you know, when he was getting attention going, well, go back and watch. I mean, look at one of the things that Tyler Higby does. If someone falls on the ground, he is the first guy over there picking him up. He's also improved mm-hmm. his run blocking a lot over this last season, so uh, he's been doing it, but I think you're right. If he can learn how, or even the Rams, learn how to get him involved through 16 games, I think that's the next thing. How can we do this for a whole season instead of you know a chunk at a time then you can start really going like you said comparing him to George Kittle if he can put up numbers that he did in those last five games he's going to be the best tight end in football next year if he can do that so uh exciting kind of building off of and, and that's actually the same person I have here is Tyler Higby most improved just because again I guess you know you are right recency buys was the last thing we saw right but at the same time <laughs> you stretch it over the year it's still man what a great uh, coming out party, best season by far from him, and it, perfect timing. I mean, there was a lot of, you know, on the interwebs of people being like, why are we paying this guy so much when you think maybe, like you said, Gerald Everett's the number one. So he came out and earned his contract, so I'm really happy for him. Uh, the next one would be Locker Room Player of the Year. So I figured since you're around these guys, who would be oh. your Locker Room Player <laughs> of the Year? Oh, man, that's, that's a good one. Locker Room Player of the Year. So there's like two, you know, you get, you get two different types of locker room guys. You get the quiet guy who's just like very um, supportive. Like he's going to say hi to everyone. He's going to just be like a great teammate overall. And then you're going to get the loud, like vocal kind of guy. Um, I want to give, I'll give a couple. Uh, Brockers is definitely one locker room guy. Um, I think we, you know, we kind of like lose sight of Brocker's leadership right. because we are constantly looking at Aaron Donald when it comes to anything that has to do with the defensive line. But um, I think Brock is just a consistent person. He's been with the Rams for uh, for nine seasons, nine seasons. Like, he's just been with the Rams. And I would say between him and Johnny Hecker, you're getting that like consistency that goes year over year, no matter where you've been or where you're going. These are two guys that are just consistent voices of leadership, of knowledge, of positivity, of support. I think either of those two are the the quiet guys that will that speak up when when necessary, that will support you when you need it. Um, those two, Johnny Hecker and Michael Brockers, those are your like 
unsung hero locker room guys. And then the more vocal, um, loud guys that are just like, huh, you are a funny person to have around. <laughs> um, I would give it to, um, I would give it to Eric Weddle just cause he is so loud. <laughs> and, and so, um, he, it, honestly, if JJ wasn't hurt, he would definitely get the locker room guys <laughs> as well. But, um, I just think, uh, you know, Weddle is someone that greets all of the, the offense when they come off the field too, um, which is significant, like on, you know, so he's supporting both sides of the ball, come on a new team and kind of seamlessly work your way in there. And I think, you know, Weddle's done a, a good job just being vocal, talking to the media, supporting his teammates as best he can, being an overall kind of guy in the locker room. Like you can't, you can't miss him. He's there. You're going right. to hear that voice of his. So, I want to say between him, uh, Brock, and and Johnny Hecker, and an honorable mention, and he'll never get an honorable mention except in this category. But um, Aaron Donald is so good at setting the tone for how you carry yourself nice. as a guy who does everything. Like this dude, his chef. You know, I, I did a story on I ate like Aaron Donald, and here's what happened. But even his chef, Aaron, says the nicest, kindest things about Aaron Donald. I mean, there is not a person in the facility when it comes to the PR group, the media group, um, the marketing, uh, front office, his teammates. Every He sets the tone for any new guy coming in to be like, this is how you're going to act. Because, bro, I'm the best player in all of the universe, and he doesn't have to say it, and he doesn't have to do anything. He just goes in and he makes everyone want to have abs like him. Yeah. I think that is so key for such a big name to just come in, no frills, no ego, nothing. He's just such a wonderful, he jokes on the right times, takes things seriously at the right time. He brings his kids around the locker room. He cares about his teammates. He will fight till the death of, you know, anything like he will take care of you i mean when we had ethan westbrook on the team last season you know when ethan was going through stuff with his kids um aaron was like bring your kids over to me let me help you out so i cannot say enough about aaron donald as an overall teammate of the year it goes to ad 100 percent. i love it i love it and he's gonna be really important moving forward because you know, even a couple of the names that you mentioned there, and we talked about Weddle and some of the comments he made after the season. We don't know what's going to happen, but, you know, we, we kind of have a feeling that potentially with John Johnson coming back and what we saw of Taylor Rapp, that he doesn't want to play behind anybody, that most likely he's going to step away from the Rams. And again, nothing official yet, but there's one voice that might be gone out of the locker room. Michael Brockers is another big one that's been on topic as far as he's a free agent. Uh, he's coming off of making $10 million. The Rams don't have a ton of money. Does he want to stay at a lesser amount? Does he want to go and make more money around the league? Um, you know, we'd hope to see him back, but that could be two of the two of the people that you mentioned be out of this locker room. And as we talked about Andrew Whitworth, and we don't know what he's doing yet and what the Rams are going to do. And I know you didn't mention him, but I can only imagine that he brings some of that same voice on the offensive side in that locker room. So uh, there's going to be some big gaps, not only, you know, potentially on the field, but also in that locker room. So uh, something to see. But the nice thing is you finish with a guy that is here for multiple years, signed up big time, and could take on a lot of that responsibility. So uh, 
interesting to hear that and really good because I love kind of getting that inside take. Um, the next one we got is, uh, let's see, where are we at? Okay, this is called the Count On Me Award, a.k.a. Mr. Consistent. Who would be your Mr. Consistent mm. of uh, this last season? Mr. Consistent uh, would would probably go to to Corey Littleton. Um, I, anytime, you know, like it was, there wasn't a game where he didn't have a, a, a bad game. Like every game he had right. was really impressive and it was, he was consistent, and anytime you needed someone to step up, it was like, oh, Corey tackled that guy. Don't worry. I would say him and Dante Fowler. Um, I think Dante Fowler just – I mean, he, he you constantly looked at him, and you were like, another sack for Fowler, no big deal. Yeah, and I so love – I would say between Corey Littleton and Dante Fowler, yeah. yeah. And Dante Fowler brought the energy, and I think that's what the defense – you know, yeah. he, he pumped the energy into that. We know what we're getting from AD in that front, and you talked about – working hard and taking on double and triple teams and things like that. But Dante Fowler just, there was an energy that he brought to this defense that kind of, you know, other players fed off of. And I think that was extremely important. Those are two really great ones. I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. And I just look at him as just Mr. Consistent and I feel like everything, but it's Robert Woods. I think that since he's gotten here, he's been Mr. Consistent. Uh, It's just like anytime the offense seems to have a little bit of struggle, he's just such a great route runner. He's a great leader on that team. He's got solid hands. He's great after the catch. He just, he just is when the, when the ball goes in the air on certain situations, obviously we have Cooper cup and, and he's another really good, reliable one, but I'm almost every time it goes in there, I'm like, please go to Robert Woods. Like it just feels, it feels, I feel comfortable when it's going his direction. So uh, he had a really great Mm -hmm. season. He had the, the one game he missed, but came right back and didn't miss a step. And, uh, so I'd go with Robert Woods there, and this is going to be. And I know you're 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 driving right now, and so I don't expect you to pull the Rolodex of the season. But this is the standout performance of the year. So maybe from one player from one game, is there a standout performance, single game performance that stands out for you? Ooh, I okay. Let me think about this. Um, <laughs> this is terrible. I want to say Aaron Donald against the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> go go with it. Up. <laughs> but, but more, <laughs> but more because Devontae Freeman is obviously one of the best players in the NFL, and it was more about what Aaron could do, and and maybe didn't realize that he could do. Like I don't think Aaron realizes how strong he is sometimes and how quick he is, but. Obviously, there was a bunch of jokes made about him picking him up. The but feet moving were the best. The, yeah, but it was, right. And, but, like, every teammate was sort of like, what, what's happening? And, <laughs> and I was uh, the game, and I was like, did this just happen? Like, there was more of a, how, how does a man like that physically just show someone else, like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to show you that this, you, can't do, you can't move. Like, you're not going anywhere. And, and two, the teammates would just be like, yeah, okay, we'll just, we're going to be right here. Like, you just do you, A.B. You know, like, there were just multiple. I realized that that's not like, oh, <laughs> no. my gosh, one of those crazy plays. No, like, that's... I can think of a time even, like, Brandon Cooks or, like, some of these crazy catches from Woods or Cup, but that just was <laughs> a very funny moment. I love it. I love it. And that's, that's why I love pitching. Like, 
these questions to you is because I, I never know what I'm going to get. And that's what I love about it. I, I threw down a couple here and I maybe should have given you a couple options to work with because I know that's super vague. Like pick out one memory of the of the season. Um, and I had a chance to do a little little research here on my side. But I went I went with a few. Um, you could pick out Jared Goff going for 424 yards versus Arizona. Um, in that game, as I just talked oh, about, really? Mr. Re- Reliable, 13 catches for Robert Woods in that game, 173 yards. He also, Jared Goff also had 500 plus versus Tampa Bay, but that was a losing effort. So I don't know if that would be a winner. Yeah. But the other one that I always saw that kind of uh, came up uh, from just people around, you know, kind of talking about this on social media as well. Cooper Cup uh, against the Bengals. He had 220 yards, a touchdown, oh, that- seven catches. Cooper that- Cup was my favorite game to watch as far as like his performance. And I was just like, break the record. Let's do this. I know. Like, I mean, you know, you just, and you you knew like you kind of wanted it and you were all like, Oh my God. I mean, what an amazing game. And that was great because it was after coming, uh, after traveling and you're obviously you're tired and the, the trip just to London was, I know very exhausting for the guys after playing in, in uh, Atlanta, but like for him to just kind of, show up even you know like that and have that game i mean that was that was just awesome yeah, that well, was, i mean that would be my standout game of the season with coop against the Bengals. like just holy cow i was like again what yeah it was great i still love one of my favorite and i think we talked about it here on the show with you was when the sideline reporter was they were just opened up the second half and they're like, what did the Bengals defense have to say? And she's like, well, uh, you know, they said they are going to figure out a way. They've got a great game plan moving forward for Cooper Cup. And like, as they're as she's speaking, they go back to the live footage and he's catching a 30 something yard pass. And it was like, well, he's still on fire and good luck with that. So that was an amazing performance. Um, and this was an amazing episode and I appreciate it. We are, I think we're over like 40 <laughs> minutes now. I always love talking to you and I am glad you made some time for us to kind of do a season recap here. Uh, look forward to hopefully kind of keeping in touch throughout the off season at some of the big key moments. I'll try to see if I can check back in with you and, and get your take on some of the things. And as we pick coaches and we go through free agency and we go through the draft, uh, there's not really a boring section during this off season. So we'll have a bunch to talk about Serena. We appreciate it as always enjoy your time during this off season and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Yeah, no, thank you very appreciate it. It's always fun. So we will. I'm sure there will be so many things to talk about in the off season. So, good stuff. <laughs> awesome. Well, we will be here five days a week. But with that said, Rams Nation, you know what it is. Until next time. Peace. And I say hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. All right, all right, all right. And we say hell yeah. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.